When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking Tech, this podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name's Daniel. It's your boy, Have Hope. <laughs> we do the show every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subs- yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Um, check out our Patreon. You have podcasts that go back three years of extra stuff where we talk about race, politics. Happy Juneteenth, by the way music film any and everything so go check that out three dollars a month or two pound fifty i think is the price so shout out to the people that are over there it's like over 30 so shout out to you guys how about where can people find you oh god um you can find me <laughs> <laughs> what, what what is your podcast snack today bro oh no brown bread and cheese brown bread and cheese yeah uh-huh. It well white bread is just it's pretty much all sugar. So you get all the nutrients from brown bread and cheese is like my favorite thing to eat. So interesting. Okay. Um so, but yeah, where where can the people find you? Howfootfootballhot.com, baby. Link is in the description. I'm at you can follow me at Daniel to look if you feel like it. Big thanks to Carl and Red for filling in last week. Yeah, man. Mercy book. Mercy book. Yep. That was a fun episode. Those two, I didn't really have to say much. They can just, they can go. <laughs> mm. So I was just, oh yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so yeah, appreciate you guys for filling in, listening to last week's episode. I don't know where we, we, we can start with a bunch of transfer stories if you want this week. What's more interesting to you? Like Mane being more or less official, Sterling rumors, Lukaku rumors, Basuma. There's a bunch of stuff we could talk about so you choose I'm, I'm, i mean maybe even if it's more your club than my club we can start a home <laughs> with, you know so, so the also, no, no, no. the news of the day is bruce buck is stepping down as oh, yeah. I'm director at chelsea and they think that marina is leaving too <laughs> I'm, I'm almost ready to like pop bottles we go pop those bottles there we go. <laughs> no, 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 but, but what's but, but there? So people were saying that oh no, like what was it called? Like, look at why Chelsea fans like celebrating and so forth. This was get I don't know if it's celebratory worthy the more I think about it because it's dangerous. Because now what? Like the evil you know is sometimes better than the evil you don't know. So I don't know what to make of it. What do you think? Do you think it's good for the club that you're getting kind of Roman no, no, guys no. out or do you, do, do, do you trust Todd? Todd B. Do you trust Todd B is acting a bit iffy out in the streets, man. Uh, um, just sign them belly. How long must it take? Go ahead. Look, and I'm not hearing some promising things on that. It depends on, on who, you, who you get. That's the thing. It depends on who who do you get in if you're putting that person out. For me, I just feel like if Marina, I'm just not sure what her use is really, you know. And I think with any team that's successful, you need a sporting director. 
So you need a guy who knows how, like Luis Campos now with um, um, PSG. So you need somebody who has a clear footballing idea and fingers, which is what Emmanuel was doing. So there's no point in getting Marina out, who I thought was useless, and bringing someone in who is also useless as, as well. So what's also then there's no point. So it's what will make this key is if you bring in somebody that can actually help to improve and say and, and say what's up, you know. Marina's use has clearly been transfer negotiations, and I think that's her primary role. I yeah, don't know. She, I, 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 I don't know if she's she like Ao. She's a Go business merchant. She's a business Yeah, man. and if, if that's what she's really good at, then losing her from the close perspective would be an L because she's clearly really, really good at what she does. Transfer fees, you know, getting the most from a particular player. Like, you look at what she did with Maratza, for example. Like, that's just wonderful business work. The problem has always been the targets that she's asked to go get. Who's making those decisions? So who's telling her to go like negotiate the deal for Maratza, negotiate the deal for Keppa, negotiate the deal for Drinkwater, negotiate the deal for XYZ player. Who's who's making those decisions? Because I don't think it's her. And if it's it's not her by herself. So who is the scout? Who are, who is like who's who's making those decisions at the club? And if that doesn't change or it doesn't get better, then you will have a worse negotiator in all in all likelihood who doesn't have, or maybe they would, but Let's assume they bring in some American person from the I don't know. <laughs> I I I did I did the negotiations for I don't know the LA Dodgers or something like that. Hmm. Like you're not gonna have the same connections as Marina Woods in world football because I I know she's new but she's been there for what 10, 15 years maybe at Chelsea. So it is a risk, and I I I put this out on the timeline today and people have got a bit angry at me. But, you know, it's keep in mind, this is all conditional. I said, if there's something about American owners that I've noticed in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey to an extent, although I don't pay too much attention to hockey, bad Canadian. My mom does. Shout out Mm. to my mom. When a new owner comes in, within two or three years, the coach is gone. The general manager is gone. Who's the guy that picks players or the woman that picks players, depending. Owners like having their own people from top to bottom in the decision-making places that agree with the particular philosophies and ideologies that they have. So if Todd Bowley is somebody who really loves analytics, for example, he's going to want a sporting director, everybody in the board, the coaches to have that analytical mindset. Like I really pay attention to data. We're looking at XG. We're looking at this. We're looking at that. If Tuchel's happy to do that, and by all accounts he is, then maybe he can survive. But what if there are people in the board who don't really agree? Like, I'm more of a, like, I test merchants in that way. Like, if you're a chief scout, and I don't really use analytics like that. I just like to see the player on the ball. Well, you're going to clash with the ownership, so then you're probably going to be out. These moves of Buck resigning or Granovsky leaving or these types of things, it does make me wonder, is Tuchel safe? Like, I don't know if you remember the Donald Sterling situation where, oh, yeah, 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 where, yeah. where the NBA took his team and Doc Rivers was already there and he stayed until 2020, I think. So from 2014 to 2020 with uh, who's the Microsoft dude, Balmer, like he they, they didn't change the coach, but that's because Doc was really good. Like maybe Tuchel could be like that Doc Rivers 
But for hmm. every one of Doc Rivers, there's like somebody else who just immediately gets fired. There's like 12 of those examples of just people who just get sacked just because the ownership doesn't like them or there's a clash or whatever it may be. So it makes me think that perhaps Tuchel could be on thin ice and people saw that. What do you mean Tuchel's on thin ice? I was like, I'm not a reporter. I'm not telling you he's on thin ice. I can't say that, but it wouldn't shock me if he were because that's kind of how these dudes operate. Of just, I want everybody to agree with me. Especially if you buy something for four billion, you're gonna have people who disagree with you. Yeah, I think Chelsea fans are just gonna have to, especially those guys who grow up with the Bramwich. But actually, that this is again that's what this is like a nice segue to the whole Sterling thing. Mm. Chelsea are just gonna be operating a whole day differently right now. It's 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 a whole new world, <sighs> you know. And I think basically it just shows you that when you when you look at the fans, there are guys who are objective. And there are guys who are like, Chelsea is my life. And anything Chelsea do, I will just try to explain why it makes sense. I was trying to say to a guy that, because the guy said, oh, no, Sterling is a really good signing and so forth. And it makes more sense than Rafinha. And I said again that, you know that almost everybody agrees that Rafinha is the best player in the Premier League outside of the top six, six teams. You realize that Raheem Sterling is Man City's sloppy seconds. You realize that Sterling has been on the decline. So he's literally a City reject. So Chelsea are taking a rejected player from one of your rivals. (laughs) So, of course, Sterling is an upgrade of Timo Werner, but it ain't great. You're getting a guy who is nowhere near at his best, and it's actually getting a guy not at his best or a highly coveted guy. Sterling is not highly coveted. So... And that's and, and the reality you see right now is Chelsea just have to now try to penny pinch and just try to find good, interesting deals. So it's the, this whole thing of 80 mil, 90 mil, 100, 120, 120. No. No? No. What was the last big signing that Chelsea actually hit? Lukaku's a miss. Wait, how, how much was Costa? 32. Oh, wow. Okay. That's all right. Chelsea had like a 32 million limit for a while. Like Hazard was 32, Costa was 32, Michi was 32. There was like a bunch of players at 32. But Marat is a miss. Torres, relatively, 50 doesn't seem like a lot, but it was in 2011. That's a miss. Kepa's a miss. Lukaku's a miss. Havertz? I mean, Champions League final. That's the only other huge signing I can think of that Chelsea have made. 70-something. Would you class Havertz as a... Maybe he's an unknown at this point. Havertz is a tougher. I have no idea. Because you cannot deny that Champions League run. You cannot deny what he did in our Real Madrid second leg semi. You cannot deny what he did in our final. Yeah. And you can't deny how, because there's been no striker, he's had to step in and actually score goals, but he's not even a, a striker. But at the, at the same time, he's not really been as much of a hit. So... I think it's it's sort of in between. It's in between a hit and a miss. Yeah, that's it's like yet and undecided because it's like yeah, look, he hasn't really been that consistent quality guy. But I mean, I mean, if you score UCL final goal, what I mean, what am I supposed to say? So this is in dollars. I don't know how to change transfer marks from dollars to euros or pounds, mm-hmm. but Lukaku was one hundred and twenty-four million dollars. Oh, Havertz eighty-eight million. Kepa 88 million, Morata 72 million, Pulisic 70 million. Wow. So Pulisic is five, and Fernando Torres was 64, and Jorginho 62, T 
Timo Werner, 58. Oh, sure. I just realized. Uh-oh. Damn, Pulisic isn't leaving. Why not? Is Todd B a Chinese or is he from Hungary? Or maybe he's Russian or maybe he's from Ghana or South Africa. I think he's Egyptian. He might be Egyptian. You know? He might be Egyptian. No. Maybe part of the reason they really wanted the club was because we have him there already, like him being Pulisic. He ain't leaving. There's, there's no way that he's going to allow no. such a huge star from, from America to, to leave. No. Yeah. No. He can, so, if, if anything, they'll try to build the team around him. Yeah. So. I only made, yeah, that's a good connection. I mean, he has a number 10 for a reason. Like, it's not like he deserves it. <laughs> You know how crazy it is that Mount doesn't have the number 10. Now, maybe Pulisic got it before Mount even had the chance. But that would be an interesting battle. Do you give it to, like, the the fan favorite? Or do you give it to the person who can maybe make you more money in America? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Sterling. What are my thoughts on Sterling? I hear you about he's at this point, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but it seems to be what it is because I don't think I've read that Man City aren't even going to try to replace him or Jesus. They're just rejects, Man City rejects. Now, being a Man City reject is far different than being a reject from some lesser club. It means that, you know, they've bought Haaland, they've bought Grealish for $100 million. You know, they're bringing in, uh, is it Alvarez? from Argentina players have to go to make room for the guys that they're bringing in so it's not they're not rejects in some disrespectful way they're just we don't need you anymore like thanks for your service like what's the the tribe called quests you can't take players that city don't want and then expect to compete with city is my general inclination on this one if city don't need sterling to win and you take sterling you're probably not going to create a winning team unless you get a bunch more and if Sterling is like the crown jewel, then Chelsea aren't going to move anywhere. If anything, if we look at what Spurs are doing, I could see Chelsea in that like top four bout, like Spurs take over where Chelsea were in that kind of third slot. They're doing good business. I've I've got a wild theory that Tottenham finished second over Liverpool. Good wild theory. If Mane joins Thingy, yeah. Shout out to your boy Ricardo from the Hangouts. If Charles Darwin doesn't <laughs> and actually hits the EPL running, if Luis Diaz still isn't effective, Liverpool are going to feel that money lost, man. You know that's and funny. And even going to have Bissouma, yeah. you've got Perisic, you've got all these guys coming through, and now Continental has these guys. Kulisevsky. Like, and do you, do you know what's interesting? There's no rumor this summer of Harry Kane leaving. Yeah. Last summer, that was the story. Will he go to City? Will he not? Not hearing anything because he's happy, I guess. Like, he, I think he sees what, what's happening here. Mm-hmm. They're finally backing a guy who is a, is, a, is a winner, at least in the league. He's a winner, Antonio Conte. So it took him what? It took him two seasons to get Inter back. So maybe he's sussed out what Spurs need. And he went and got one of his guys from Inter and Perisic. He's getting his. His midfield of Betancourt and Basuma, that's going to be tough. If he can sort out wing backs and center backs, he'll be fine. And maybe goalkeeper. I don't know if I trust Larice like that, but I think Spurs are going to be a problem. So if Chelsea don't get their act together, they could be with United, Arsenal, I don't know who else <laughs> in that top four thing. So 
then we have the issue of Lukaku. So what happens with the striker? If Lukaku goes to Inter, there's a mm. gaping hole at number nine now. Maybe you play Havertz in the number nine and you surround him with, you know, well, well, then, that's where the whole Jesus thing comes through. But he's going to go to Arsenal. And then that's where the whole Sterling thing comes through. But you because you, 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 you have to have a striker. <laughs> so that's where Sterling comes in. I think next season is going to be Havertz, false nine-ish. And you surround him with Werner and Sterling. And I'm going to not want to watch Chelsea games. Because it's just going to so be miss after, wait, where's, miss after where's miss. Where's Mount then? Where's Mount? I forgot about Mason, didn't I? Yeah. I guess take out Werner and put in Mount. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, saying, so, so Charles' front three next season <laughs> to rule the world is going to be Sterling, Havertz, and Mason Mount. Jesus. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I've already said that like, my ultimate is if, if Chelsea sells sell Kansi, I'm going to have to review my fanship of Chelsea. Oh, wow. Sell him to who? What? If they sell him to PSG, I'll be happy for him. Or just just get out. So, but they bring him back. I thought United though. Ten Hag wants. Yeah, like what's Shout out to um, Carefree Louis on Twitter who said that. Um, Joe, like he said, I think Kovacic, Tego Silva, and Jorginho are the only world class players at Chelsea. Jorginho. Yeah, and then he said that Jorginho was just as important as Kansi for the UCL win. Yeah, maybe I told you like that's that's that 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 fan base has has issues. Like like your 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 fan base has issues, man. Your fan base has issues. Oh yes, yes, my fan base. When when Lukaku becomes official, we can delve deeper into that one. So maybe next week or the week after, we can have the real conversation about the loans and whatever else. But we'll just we'll leave that one on the back burner. We kind of touched Basuma twenty five million if I remember the price correctly, for a player that it felt like everyone wanted, Liverpool fans, United fans, Chelsea fans, Spurs fans. I'm not sure the interest on the continent. I don't know how many people for, you know, Real Madrid, Barca, Bayern, Dortmund, the Italian clubs. I'm not sure how much they're paying attention to Brighton games. But if you watched a Brighton game because you're paying attention to the Premier League, Basuma was a player you looked at and you thought, hmm, we could do with him. Hmm. You know, let's not delve all the way in, but maybe legal issues and things like that oh, were, yeah. <laughs> were, 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 were a factor perhaps in, 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 in his price. But if those are all sorted and whatever it is, it is, that's a steal for that price in today's market. Like you said, your, your theory is Spurs finished second. Now is mm. this a is this a concrete theory or is this like just something you're feeling at the moment? Well, no, concrete because of Conte's past record, the fact that he's being supported, the fact that he's shown that he's very good in elite formats, and I just have a funny feeling about Liverpool if money does leave. Mm. So it's contingent on money, but money, yeah, money, money, it's, money's it's, gone. It's money's gone. On money and who else Liverpool gets? Especially if let's say Liverpool get like another really good guy, boom. But if Liverpool that's all they're spending is 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 done is Charles Charles Darwin. I'm like, I don't know, man. You know. You, uh, no, 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 look, I could run, but that's just like my risky theory to put out there. Like most people are like, oh that y'all are crazy. But yeah, I'm just putting it out there. So, so we did get two questions about similar topics. So Basuma and Betsancourt midfield partnership at Tottenham from Stati Statistical, I guess. Um Antonio Conte's three four three relies on the midfield duo in the system to perform defensive duties. 
So is Basuma the missing piece to, to the Spursy jigsaw? You know, when you think about the midfield that he won the Premier League with, it was Matic and Kante. Sometimes mm. Fabregas would find his way in there. You have your Matichy player in... I'm, they're, they're not one-to-one, but you have those qualities of both in both Betancourt and Basuma of just, you know, um, defensive work rate. They can find a forward pass when they need to. Press resistant enough. They can drive with the ball, carry the ball. Like both of those players have the correct qualities you would need in a Conte midfield, I would I would say. Maybe you don't have like the expansive passing of like a Fabregas or someone like that, but you're not really expecting that from them. So like I said, the real question is what do the wingbacks look like? Is the Sessegnon mm. thing, is that happening finally? And then the, the center backs, you have, you know, Eric Dyer, Sanchez, maybe Davies would play left-sided. I think so, yeah. And then again, like I said, I don't trust Lloris, but I don't know what you can do. <laughs> I think he's going to stay there until he's like 77 years old. So, um, And the forward line is the forward line. Like, they'll be fine. I guess Perisic could play wing back if you need him to as well. So they have they have many options. But you know you have uh, Kulishevsky, uh, Lucas, Kane, obviously, and Son, who's maybe their is Son their best player over Kane. That might be blasphemous to say on an English speaking podcast, but he I is. Think he is. <laughs> I think he is. So they have the they have the goals in the team. I think they can keep them out based on system, tactics, players. And if you can solve the midfield with a piece like Basuma, your hot take is not really that hot. It's like lukewarm. I, I, I'm with you. Like second isn't, and even first, I know it's crazy to say, but if Man City have a bad season, if Haaland doesn't hit the ground running, if injuries happen. No, no, because... because Conte in the league, he's a league merchant. Yeah, because, because if you think about it, so Tottenham beat City twice. Mm-hmm. They should have beaten Liverpool twice. They mm-hmm. should have. They had the chances to beat them twice, but obviously they, they didn't. So now look at how well they did against Liverpool and City. If they can now win the games that they they should, they're in. So it's yeah. just about ensuring that you can win the games that you should against the other other teams. Now Champions League, I don't trust. No, them. no, no. <laughs> Can't say the Champions League. Um. Will Liverpool's cheapness hurt them going forward? David Ornstein said they don't want to pay Salah and Mane 300 to 400k a week, but prefer paying around the 100 to 150 a week figure. I told Have Hope's point about tick to Carl and Red last week. So if you could explain to the people what tick is. Tick stands for trust in club. Now, is this your invention? Oh, you mean tick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so like, like, like the Nike tick, tick. You know. Yes. So, the thing though is, again, I told you, Darwin doesn't pass the eye says the, the guy, the guy's step overs are horrendous, and this, <laughs> and this, this guy looks like he looks like a Uruguayan. What's his non- grade? What's his grade? What's his grade? Oh, I... like 21 percent. <laughs> so, so, so my thing is out of a hundred. Yeah. So if you're getting, <laughs> if you get like a twenty-two percent. I test guy. All you can do is tick because then it's like if Klopp is getting him based on just what Klopp has done with Kagawa, Godso, Lewandowski, so forth, he obviously sees something in this dude that no one else sees. So, and he has a proven record in making many players better and just getting guys that no one knows and taking them to the next level. 
Like Mane was cool as a Thompson. Look at what he is now. Mm. Salo, yeah, it was he was I Roma. Look at what he is now. So he's elevated several players who were I to world class and, and top tier guys. So the thing is that you know you just have to put your your trust in him due to his track record. You know, so this is why I bring up the tick point to answer this question in particular. If you have a manager who's capable of making a player you would pay 100 to 150 to looking or appearing as if they are worth 300 to 400 why would fsg go out and pay 300 to 400 for a player when they can pay 1 to 150 and have klopp make him into that really really expensive type of player if, if that makes sense oh yeah 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 so if, if you're a fenway sports group and you have, I don't know, let's give a name, like Yao Felix. Felix would command 400000 a week or something crazy like that. Why would we pay that money for him when we could go get, let me not name names because the, the, the point is disrespectful, <laughs> but some lesser guy that you could pay literally four times less and is Klopp could make him into the level of a Yao Felix because of the system that he plays or whatever coaching method he does. It's not fiscally responsible. If you have that good of a manager to go out and pay half a million a week for somebody or 300000 a week. So if if that's what Mane wants, if that's what Salah wants, if I'm controlling the purse, I'm like, I don't know if we can do that because there's a better option out here. And we just give him the clop and clop can turn water into wine. So let's just keep going back to the well and until clop shows me he doesn't have it anymore. Mm. And then we need to buy that 300, 400, 500 level player. Then we'll do that. But for now, nah. It's all about finances, man. Yeah. Just, just, just quickly. We aren't dealing with Abramovich or uh, Qataris or whatever it is. These are Americans. They're going to look at their computers, the stat sheets, to get up Microsoft Excel, which I still don't know how to use that well. Um, and they're going to figure out, like, hey, like we don't need to pay that much. That's the difference of... A million a month. The difference between 150 and 300 or 400, I guess, is 250,000 pounds a week. That's 12 million pounds in a year you save on wages on one player. Hmm. That's a lot of money yeah, man. for just one player in, in a squad of 30. If you do that six times, what's 12 times six? <laughs> 72, I think. Uh, that's a lot of money. So, yeah, money. Um, look, man, I mean, look, if, if they're to lose Lewandowski, it's a good signing because mm-hmm. he's clutch and so forth, especially if they play him down the middle as a striker, man. So, yeah, he, I mean, I mean, it's good, but he's not Lewandowski. It's something that's, it's, it's something different. You know, it's something different. So, I just think that. I always say, always buy to support the manager. Don't just, usually what Chelsea have always felt are doing. What does the manager want? Give the manager what he wants for his vision. Don't just enforce a player through YouTube comps on a manager. Oh, man. You know, you know so, when I stopped with YouTube comps, Bakayoko, I thought he was man. Yaya Toure, man. I thought, I thought he was Yaya. I was like, oh, no, we got that's, him. That's what, what makes the whole Darwin Nunes thing scary because... Darwin, if that's your best compilation, <laughs> I mean, because I'm like, that's what makes it scary. Because this is supposed to be like you are your best. So this is supposed to be like lies to basically lie about how good you are. I mean, yeah. 
I really hope for your sake he doesn't turn into like I don't know <laughs> like Luis Suarez 2.0 like because you go in on this dude bro. No, no 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 a lot of people will need to apologize a lot trust me so I wonder if money is addition by subtraction Lewandowski leaving is obviously bad and in the league I think Bayern have such a strong grip on it that it might not be as easy to win when you don't have a guy scoring 40 goals in 34 games um, or 30 games sometimes. But in the Champions League, maybe having a player like Mane, who we do know shows up on the big occasion, not that Lewandowski hasn't, but I kind of trust Mane to do that more so. It could work out to where they win or they are better off in Champions League quarter semi-final. And maybe over the length of a league, they don't get as many points, but still win it because their their lead in Bundesliga is just it's kind of too big for any other team to catch the the lag or the stagger, I suppose. But I think over the course of a season they'll be fine in both competitions. Ideally you'd want to have both because they could play together. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. Money with no that 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 would be amazing. But but then people have said that money out on the left is finished here in the, the, the same dude. So you'd have to play him through the middle. But this is, is Bundes, this is Bundesliga. The game's going to be so open. Like in the Premier League, especially as playing against Liverpool. As well, as well, you know, so. Say again? Oh, the in, in Champions League. But yeah, but like that's bigger level competition. That's high, higher level competition. You're not playing against Braunschweig and those teams that you be talking about. <laughs> Disrespecting mm-hmm. Ingolstadt. <laughs> like any team that has a number in their name, <laughs> Schalke like 04. <laughs> 1860 unique. <laughs> Hamburg SV, the worst logo in the history of the worst crest in the history of football. Like, I don't know what that diamond thing is, but like, come on, somebody was just messing around on MS Paint. Like, yeah, somebody needs to do better. Do you want to talk about the Pogba doc? Yeah, sure, man. Why not? Why does... You don't need a documentary, man. Like, why does everybody need a documentary? So we've seen... Especially these French players. There's been one on Dembele. There's been one on Griezmann. Uh, Anelka needed one. Anelka needed world, one. Man. And Benzema needed one. It's 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 a different world. For branding, players, the superstar players have a normal agency to hold it. You have to evolve or get left behind. Things change. I don't so even the think Neymar different. needed a doc, man. I watched it, but I don't think he needed it. It's a different world, bro. No Bill Cosby. Um... <laughs> Whenever I hear a different world, I think of, you know, the Cosby show. Um, yeah. All these documentaries. You're not even 30 yet. You don't need a doc. Now, oh, no, I will no, say. No, 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 but why it's good, though, is, is the whole narrative thing. Oh, Pogba is selfish. He rejected this. He did that. He doesn't like United. So look at what he did to him. He's so ungrateful. And a documentary is a very good thing to play. Okay, here is my truth and here's my side of this of the story. It's about, you have to, it is just what it is. Like a documentary in 2022 is the same as a documentary in 1972. It's a different world. So things that meant something 10 years ago don't mean the same thing right now. So it's more so as branding. I need to maintain my brand. I need to improve my brand. I need to expand my brand. Amazon Prime is now is like a, a great. Everyone has Amazon Prime, so it's something that I can get to, to, to people. And also, I can control my narrative. 
firstly, I liked the cartoons. I think the cartoons were a good touch because it brought it helped tell the story. Because because a lot of times you'd have maybe like pictures, like you know how they like do the Ken Burns crop. And they mm. like have the pictures, and it'd be like him and his dad, and some old whatever. But like they actually did cartoons, and I like I like the the style of cartoons. I guess he's into anime and that kind of kind of animation, so that was nice. I didn't like that it was split up into five or six parts. Just give me the whole thing at once. But they split it up. I guess again, going to your point about you know it's the twenty first century and attention spans are slow and or attention spans are shrinking so you know you give people a little bit at a time so you watch the first part and you can just come back to it later i guess is mm-hmm. what they're thinking um you exposed yourself because this kind of shows that the last season at manchester united his 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 heart wasn't in it at all cuz he wanted to leave last summer no, no, but, but, but wasn't he injured? <clears throat> Didn't he get injured while on duty for France? Yeah, but he he didn't want to be at Manchester United this season. The whole huh? the, the whole the whole thing was shot last summer, and yeah. it was about even the the last game when, of last when, season. When, 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 he was like, "This is my last game at Old Trafford." Didn't Varane come to his house during this last season? That when he invited Varane to have yeah, that that was Brown, I'm so happy that you're here and so forth because you can really help us this season and everything. Blah blah yeah, blah. That blah, was blah. episode four. The first, do you remember the first episode? He played a game at Old Trafford and he said, This is going to be, it might be my last game at Old Trafford. And he wanted to score a goal. He wanted to win because he thought he was going to leave last summer. So this whole season has been essentially like, Oh, just, sorry. Just us, it, it was. It was a season in limbo, essentially. Hmm. So you kind of exposed the fact that you didn't want to be at Manchester United and they didn't want to sell you, so then you stayed. They brought Varane, they signed Ronaldo, all of those things. I was like, you kind of exposed yourself. I don't like that. Well, people can always change. You can be like, okay, I want to leave now, but oh, wow, Varane is here. Experienced French guy. I know him. I, I, I came into the ranks with him and so forth. Oh, what if United, like, okay, what if United had an amazing season? Let's say they reach like semis of the UCL, they come second, they win the FA Cup. Pogba has an amazing season. It's like, oh, all right, let's stay. And Varane is, is a is a massive hit, and so people are like, oh, look, all right, I changed my mind, and so forth. Because I viewed it that he was like really excited about this season, but then it became a total disaster. He got injured, and so it's like, you know what, F it, screw it. My favorite screw part. Other than the cartoons, was Raiola. Rest in peace, obviously. Mm. Um, his interaction with Pogba, the way he was talking to the camera and kind of like the the cut narrations, um, explaining you know the dynamics between player, club, agent. I got a real sense of why he was who he was, and why players like Ibra, Pogba, Balotelli, Haaland, etc like that guy he seemed you know he has an ego to match yours in a sense but you need that if you're going up against you know the biggest football clubs in the world and you want the best and you have to negotiate the best for your client and he seemed like he was you know that guy i'd never really looked into like Raiola and his kind of i don't know 
his personality in that way. Mm. So to see it, obviously posthumously, is is sad. But I like seeing what Raiola was like. This is like the, the, there were scenes where he was like in his bed with no shirt on, it's like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the world talking to Paul, and he was saying some real stuff about what you know when you play for France, you're a different Paul. But then when you get into the red, when you start wearing red, like it's the red of Manchester, you're a different player. Like it doesn't make sense. So if they're not going to build the team around you or if you don't feel the confidence like you felt at Juve, then we need to look for something different. And Pogba was driving and he was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing like the mindless yes that you give. I don't know if he was really paying attention, but Raiola was giving him some real game. And the point about PSG I thought was very insightful. The way you play for France... let's go to France and you'll get the best of yourself where you feel loved and appreciated and maybe you feel at home it's near enough your home your hometown you know he's from the suburbs obviously but you know Paris is Paris so those points I thought Raiola was I thought he was on the money and then it made me think now that he's gone this move to Juventus would this be something that Raiola would want him to do or like would he try to steer him in a different direction that made more footballing sense because Pogba seems to be making this Juventus decision based on that's the last place where I felt good. So let me try to go get that old thing back. Same with Lukaku in a way. Let me go back to Inter where things were good and I was happy and maybe I'll become a better version of whatever I can be. And maybe in Lukaku's case, that makes sense because Inter seemed to be on the way up. But Pogba, Juve? Now? Allegri? Today? But maybe he doesn't have that that Raiola character like, nah, bro, PSG. PSG will pay the money too. <laughs> Neymar, Pogba, Mbappe, Messi, Verratti, Marquinhos. Come on, man. So I Raiola was was it was insightful to see that. And as again, as somebody who like in a in a different world would love to be an agent, it was it was nice to see that. I'm not I'm not good enough with math. I can barely do six times twelve. So. Yeah, but what 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 were your takeaways, your highlights, your impressions from the documentary, either as a whole or whatever pieces? Yeah, it was it was, it was, it was cool, you know. I mean, it's um, because look, because Pope was obviously an entertaining guy, mm. and it's just it's, it's interesting, you know, um, just interesting just to see how he operates, and just you know, just with him and his family and and so forth. I think basically it just shows you. It's like, and I think the most interesting thing was his whole thing with America mm. and how he, he admires like the American psychology and the mentality and so forth. You know, I just that if if we lived in a different world where like the MLS was actually like a proper league that had stars, Pogba would be in, in the MLS for, for sure. And if MLS actually had really um, developed a lot better and had top players at their peak, 100% Pogba would be playing for the MLS team for sure. You know, so that's probably something he may do like in his very, very, very last year or two. He'll probably go to a play for like an Inter Miami. But yeah, but I just think like, which is why he maybe is at odds with England because England do not like personalities and so forth. You know, you always, they always want to keep people in their place, you know. So, um, but but look, it's also about branding. It's all about branding. And I, and I think he knows that the longer I stay at United, the worse my brand will be. Because it was supposed to be like, oh, it's United, like the fans, social media, global fan base. But 
United are, are, are horrible right now. They're horrible. So it's 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 of it's of no one's benefit still to be playing for Man United now. Watching the the Neymar and Pogba documentary, you get a real sense of how conscious these guys are of their brands. Like you 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 know that already, but mm. they're like really into it now. Neymar has a whole like division. Damn it! For Pogba, it seems like it's him, his lawyer, his agent, yeah. and pieces of his family. Neymar is his dad, but there's like a whole network system company that's set up to, to manage his image makes sense based on how big Neymar is globally Brazil especially um, both of them was really interesting like Michael Jordan and LeBron like <laughs> like that the point about America that you were that you reminded me of and that you brought is really is interesting like I don't know about the MLS point but these guys love Michael Jordan and LeBron James, like you get a different level of appreciation for just how famous Michael Jordan is. Yeah. Everybody yeah. around the world knows who this guy is. <laughs> and like athletes who weren't even really alive, like Pogba's 92, so he wouldn't have seen Jordan really. Maybe when he five, six would have been like Jordan's heyday. Like me, I was born in 90. I remember like 98, the NBA finals. I was like eight years old. But when it, when a guy is such a superstar, everything just seeps down, and so forth. So you so so like your own your big uncle, your dad, your older brother, your older thing will just show you tapes of like I remember this guy, I remember this guy. I feel like in Nigeria, they kept on showing Rumble in the Jungle all the time. So it's something that's even when I was younger, I was like man, who is this? And why do they keep on showing this all the time? So I was like, there must be a reason why they keep showing this guy all the time and keep showing docs about this guy Muhammad Ali all the time. Because well, that's great. So I'm sure when guys were growing up like in the 2000s and so forth, and why do they keep showing all these Jordan dogs? Why do guys keep talking about Michael Jordan? Why do guys keep saying, oh, he's as good as Andrew, he's as good as Andrew? That must be something about this dude. So th- those great guys, they keep on recycling what they've done and everything all down through the, the years. So, mm. Do you think there's any coincidence then that since The Last Dance, which aired 2020, that we've seen Neymar, we've seen Pogba. I don't know when Griezmann's came. It might have been 2020 as well, so maybe that mm-hmm. was already in the works. But, you know, you see what Jordan is doing, what LeBron is doing with his production company. Do you think that sparks an idea in those guys? Well, no, for me, for, me, for Neymar mainly because that's, that's Netflix. But for Amazon Prime, Amazon, like what's it called? The company I used to partner with like some years ago they said that amazon really wanted to get into football mm. and this was like years before they did the first all or nothing so I think for amazon they really want to produce a lot of football content and so forth so um mm. that's that's that thing with that and i think it, maybe for the name of thing yeah like name was like oh but but the last times were just something unique i think it's more so in like football players are such huge brands and when you're such a huge brand Something that's that's very smart is to is to pr- produce a piece of media, yeah. Whether it's a film, a short film, a documentary, a behind the scenes, and so forth, it's very smart, especially because of streaming. So ever since COVID, everyone has either either has a Netflix, in HBO Max, and Amazon, and everything. So something that is very smart, like your PR guy will say, you know what, you should really reach a, a doc. 
so that your fans <laughs> can get a full insight into who you truly are because you can't really say it in like an Instagram post. But are we getting an insight into who they really are, HH? Or is this who they want us to think? Oh, no, no, they no, are? Oh, I mean, no, no, like, it's 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 both. It's who you really are and you trying to create a narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, because the one thing is creating narrative, and another another thing is like, oh, let me actually like show my fans who've been loyal to, to me, like my friends who I grew up with, guys that I really trust, which is what Neymar was like. Yeah, Neymar was like, look, these are the four guys I've known from, from the beginning. So these are like my true, real, real friends here. You know, for, for Pogba, this is me. It's me, Mino Raiola, my lawyer, my wife, kids, my um, sister, friend. Boom, this, this is us, you know, so. Brothers and his mom. Like, it's real family. Yeah, 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 yeah. brothers and mom. I, I said, that's that's my, my, my clique, so. Oh, by the way, the the company that made this, I saw it the in the end credits, is one of the companies anyway. It's called Black Dynamite. So Black Dynamite are the guys who did the Kareem documentary, who I know the director of that one. Um, the Tony Parker documentary. They might have done the Griezmann one. So these guys have, and, and the Anelka one, I believe. So... They have a real foothold on French docs. So I guess that's who all these streaming platforms are going to, that particular uh, media company is called Black Dynamite. So oh, sure. for me, I'm like, where's the Thierry Henry one? That's the guy who needs a documentary. If anybody needs a documentary, it's Thierry. Where's his? Maybe he's like, I've not done enough yet to get one. Nobody's asked me. I can't believe nobody's asked him. That's the one. Like Anelka needed one. Because his journey is very interesting and, you know, you, there's a lot to be said there in terms of, like, his playing career is over. So we know the arc of where it went and the stories and things. The Neymar, Pogba, Griezmann one is just more, I just want to get my name out there because I want to, I want to steer where the rest of my career is going and where my brand should be going as I finish. But... Guys like Thierry Henry or Arsene Wenger or those kinds of those kinds of guys. Oh, I was gonna ask this: if you could make a documentary about one footballer, either playing maybe two, a guy who's currently playing and a guy who's retired and maybe doing other things, who would you go for? So, as an example, mine would be: I want the Thierry Henry documentary. Because I think he's just funny and there's a bunch of great highlights. Maybe drop up, but Thierry Henry. I think when Gala's playing, I'll say Balotelli. Mm, that'd be really that'd be good. interesting to see Balotelli. But no, see, I feel like Balotelli, we gotta wait until his shit is done. <laughs> Cause then we can get into the real nitty-gritty. Like yeah, no, 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 no. I I I think he's already done. <laughs> so again, he's already done. Like you wanna know what he's doing really in done. Turkey or wherever he is? Like, are you really no, interested no. on the day to day? No, no, I wanna I wanna, I wanna know in Milan, Ace Milan, it's that's what I'm saying and so forth. I feel so, like, we're, we're like, like I don't really wait. care what's happening now. We're, we're gonna have to wait like twenty years until he's he until he's ready to really talk about what happened. Because right now, I'm sure if you went up to him, he's 31, 32. Let, let, let me not put words in his mouth because he's a different type of cat. But I could imagine him not being ready to be like, yeah, enter. I don't know what happened. It was just a, like, he needs, I think he needs years to process his career in some different way. But I agree. Like that's, that's when you earmark either now, if you can get it 
or in the future. Like that be yeah, that's a good name. I didn't think of him, but yeah. Um and he says someone that's real that's real, real retired. Yeah. Um look man, I wouldn't mind the the Robin one. As 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 especially if it started basically if it's sort of juxtaposed that at at the final whistle of the twenty twelve UCL final and then chatting that treble thing. And also, like, let's say, like the the World Cup run. I mean, the Robin one would be pretty interesting, if not that. Um... No, you can make a really good Robin one. Like, why it didn't work? No, if how it worked at Chelsea, why it didn't work at Real Madrid? Injuries, battling back, 2010, 2012, 2013. He retired and then came back, if you remember, and finished in in Holland. But I feel like actually, no, actually, actually, no, I mean a really good one would be George George Ware. He doesn't have one? From life, humble beginnings of Liberia to AC Milan and then to presidency. So that whole thing, so that transition of like from Liberia Ooh. to Ballon d'Or winner, AC Milan, Champions League winner, to and president. then and then to, to presidents of Liberia. That, 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 that would be an amazing document. That's a good one. Is there an English player who'd be interesting to do a documentary about? John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 what is going through his mind when he called uh, Mountain Ferdinand in an effing black cunt? So. Uh, I mean, his would be interesting. Like yeah. losing the England captaincy and all of that stuff. Yeah, the the penalty missed the whole thing with wind. Now, okay. Now, these the, these Pogba documentaries, the Neymar ones, the Griezmann ones. You see, these are they're planned in a sense that there's a camera following them as they go through particular things. So you get the live coverage essentially of how they feel when they feel it. Whereas mm. if we did a Terry one. Or if someone did it, Terry one, we would never do it. But if someone did it, you're not getting that camera right after, you know, the QPR game, <laughs> which would be really interesting <laughs> if you had like a camera following Terry around after that match and you get kind of like the behind the scenes look. Everything would have to be from kind of a 2020 perspective, like to uh, like a 2020 vision perspective where we we already know what's happened before it happened or we we already know what's happened after it happened so we're not getting that live insight so i wonder how that would go cuz you'd have to cover it in a different way rather than seeing the real time and i thought it was really interesting by the way that pogba didn't have any footage inside manchester united's training center really Mm-hmm. Or like in the in the dressing room, like maybe this was like it wasn't sanctioned by United in that way. I don't know, but yeah, there's there are some documentaries where I wish we had the footage of them there. Like for instance, the 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 Maradona documentary is really interesting for that reason because who had the foresight in the '80s to follow this guy around the way that they did? And you saw like him with Argentina playing cards and eating in the World Cup and you know him just in a field of wheat, just sitting and meditating or whatever he was doing, training and running and just doing all this stuff. It's like, who thought 
maybe I'm I'm not having a good uh, scope for just how famous Maradona was. So it makes total sense that this guy's so big, we need a camera on him at all times. But there are some stories like Balotelli. Was there a camera following him around? Kind of mm. like oh, a better example is the Kanye documentary. Like that dude that he saw Kanye at some young age, and he was like, I need to follow this guy. I don't know what he's gonna be, but he's gonna be a superstar. And he literally took years of his life to follow Kanye from pre-college dropout to now. So he had the vision. I wonder if there's somebody out there working on a project with a player that we might not know has this project coming out. You know what I mean? Like if there's somebody following Raheem Sterling around from from when he was at Liverpool and he has a bunch of footage that we don't know yet and he could make a doc out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys give us suggestions. Let's see. Did we get any more questions? I was just rambling there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, any predictions on the new Chelsea hierarchy? Buck out, Marina out. Any guesses on how the club operates going forward, especially considering Boley's comments on FFP? Uh, we kind of discussed that at the top, so we don't have to get into that. Last question that we got. Your thoughts on what Arsene Wenger had to say about African football. So I asked, what did he say about African football? And the homie sent us a link, and this is what Arsene Wenger said. He said, Wenger, the high-profile former Arsenal manager, said while speaking at the International Coaching Conference in Freiburg, Germany, in May, that if France striker Kylian Mbappe had been born in Cameroon, he wouldn't have become the striker he is today. There's Europe and there's the rest of the world, Wenger added. The latter needs help, otherwise we're going to miss a great deal of talent. Uh, Conan Bolt said frequently in his response that the most objectionable prejudices are disguised as reasoned and intelligent reflections. Wenger's words, beyond showing an unusual ignorance about the value input of African players in world football, and particularly in Europe, show a denigrating twist that hides the efforts of footballers and sporting institutions that are not in Europe. Just like Africans, we South Americans know firsthand that that kind of behavior that comes from the belief that the world begins and ends in Europe. Do you have any thoughts on Arsene Wenger's comments that there's Europe and there's the rest of the world, and if Mbappe was born in Cameroon, he wouldn't be the player that he is today? Yeah, I agree. Because... um... I mean, like, it's what I've already said before, institutions, organization, um, and so forth, you know. If in Africa, are you going to have the right coaches, the right organization, the right support system, and so forth? No, because we already see the, the, the disruptions that are, that are happening. So Africa has to get their act together with regards to payments, paying people on time, paying coaches on time, and having the right organizations, and so forth, you know. So which is why Africa are never winning the World Cup anytime soon. Because most African kids were like, I need to first go to a country that has better organization, that isn't as corrupt, that is much better run than where we are right now. That's just the sad reality. So, yeah. I, the, the thing that strikes me about these conversations is how many players of African origin that play for European teams were born in Africa. I can think of a few examples. If you look at De- Desai, for example... Patrick Vieira was born in Dakar, Senegal, played for France. But generally, Paul Pogba was not born in Guinea. He was born in France. Mbappe was not born in Cameroon or I think his mother's from Algeria. They're born 
in France. So they have the benefits of playing kind of at the, in the metropole, if that makes sense. You know, the resources are taken from Africa to England, Belgium, Spain, Portugal, France, Germany, United States, wherever it may be. And then people follow those resources, essentially, you know, if the French come to Guinea and they take the resources from Guinea, destabilize the country, then the people will have to follow the resources or be left in a situation that's unfitting. It's a tricky one that Wenger's right. And maybe he said the quiet part out loud that people don't like to hear. But the real question is, how do you get African resources to stay in Africa to where Africans then stay in Africa? And from there, as you say, organize and figure out ways to improve not just the sporting conditions, but the general conditions of people to where you don't have these mass exoduses of people dying in the Mediterranean, trying to get to Greece or Italy or whatever the case may be. Like Those people will then have children who grow up in Italy to become Balotelli. But how do you stop the Ghanaians going to Italy and staying in Ghana, working out the structures Again, not just the football, but of the whole society. And from there, then you can create nations, essentially, that can accomplish things, whether in sports or science or you name it. So that's the real question. It's bigger than football, but we need to go. So this has been Talking Tactics Podcast. Have hope. Where can people find you? Haveholfootballhot.com. I'm at Daniel Taluk. Thank you guys for listening to Talking Tactics Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. We are on Spotify, so follow us over there. Apple Podcast, uh, uh, follow us on Patreon, <laughs> and yeah, we will see you guys next week. Talking Texas Podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed, peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.